0: And welcome to Love Letters, a podcast about the games, shows, and movies most important to us. I'm your host, Jesse Munro, and in this episode, I am joined by a very special guest. He's the fastest man alive. You may have seen him on Twitch speedrunning and selling catheters, of all things. Or maybe you saw him sipping a vanilla latte at one of the European airports he frequents on his various adventures. You may know him as Cass92 with his fancy Roman numerals. I know him as one hell of a solid good dude. He's not The milk and Cheerios in your spoon. He's Josh Ennor. How you doing? Hey man, what's up?
1: I should have known that I was gonna have some kind of stupid intro like that. Um, And hey, hey, how dare you say I am not the milk and Cheerios in your spoon?
0: Okay, this is gonna need an explanation. So every episode, I like to have a bit of an intro, a bit of a spiel about each guest, and I try to reach out to people who know them best. Do you get a weird Fact, just a weird line about them to throw in because I find it's sort of disarming and it gets gets some good energy into the show. So I reached out to a friend of the show, Lauren Gibbs.
1: I think that's a brilliant idea. And
0: she said, "You have you have to say that." Now it's an Avril Lavigne lyric. It is an Avril Lavigne lyric. Yes, yes. What is it about the the milk and cheerers in your spoon line that gets you? um
1: So it's from the Avril Lavigne song "Nobody's Fool." Yeah, it's from the from the song "Nobody's Fool." Um, and I don't know, Lauren and I just went through like a weird Avril Lavigne phase. Um, and it was like all we are listening to, like back when we used to do point and click and stuff like that, um, we just, we'd sit there and we'd be working away together and we'd just be listening to Avril Lavigne. Um, and it's just that one song on the album where she raps out of nowhere. She just starts rapping. And one of the lyrics is, I'm not the milk and Cheerios in your spoon. And like... I don't know. I think it's meant to be like a cutting, almost like a diss line, but you know, it's Avril Levine.
0: So it's a Canadian diss.
1: Yeah. It's a Canadian diss. Um, and yeah, also like being Australian, we call Cheerios like something different. Like Cheerios for us are like little hot dogs. Um, so I just like to imagine that she's got those in a spoon with milk and that's just a really fucking weird way to eat Cheerios um obviously it is the cereal cheerios that she is referring to um but yeah so it got to the point whenever whenever lauren and i were like pretending to be mad at each other for something one of us would would go hey you're not the milk and cheerios (laughs) in my spoon and yeah that would just be our that would just be our our diss um but yes hello hello it is wonderful to be here um, I'm really glad that you disarmed me because I, you know, I definitely had my had my walls up about. Oh, this. you
0: yeah, you were tense. It's, it's, you were te- you haven't you haven't spoken to me. It's Like we, we started filming and you just give me the evil eye.
1: Correct, correct. Going into this, I was just like, oh god, how do I how do I do how do I talk? I don't know how to do this. I'm an IT guy for a living. I don't speak.
0: <laughs> you don't need to look. That is one of the most loaded um, intros I've done for a person because you are, are are an interesting fella. You're up to a lot of things, Josh. Just. Oh, for you. those who don't know you, can you enlighten us? Who's, who's Josh Ennell?
1: Uh Okay, so uh, like Jesse said, I'm 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 Josh. Uh, I go by XCII on Twitch and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and all those things. Um, and I am, for all intents and purposes, a speedrunner. Um, I have uh, appeared on Awesome Games Done Quick. I've appeared on European Speedrunning Assembly. Uh, I've done JDQ Hotfixes. I've done Modern Doom speedrunning. I've done Power Up with Pride Marathon and uh, very, very soon I'll be doing my very first Australian oh, Marathon yeah. uh, at ASAP 2023, which is Australian Speedrunners at PAX. Um, I speedrun a whole bunch of games, um, everything from the logical journey of the Zoom beanies, uh all the way through to Bioshock, Resident Evil, uh, PlayStation 2 X-Files game. Um, basically any game that I've ever enjoyed in my life, I try to beat it as fast as I can. Um, I've held a number of world records in my time, um, uh, even more top 10 results. Uh, and just across the board, I like to I like to spend as much time as I can learning how to play my favorite games in as little time as possible. Um, it's the best way I can explain speedrunning.
0: We, we, we've spoken before about this um, in an old episode of the Storyboard podcast. I was never really into speedrunning. It's something that I looked at and I'm like, oh, that breaks my brain a little bit because I was watching people break the games. But I've sat down, I watched a bunch of yours, and yours have actually engaged me. It's not just because we're mates, you make speedrunning really fun. So if you are, look, if you're interested in speedrunning, you know who Cass is. But if you're on the fence, if you were interested in it, go check out some of his videos. um it's good. It is good times, especially when you see him playing some of your favorite games so much better than you ever could. Uh, the Resident Evil ones. Hey, um, let's be. I to so be one hundred percent
1: clear here. I am just very good at doing very specific things in these games. All right, like you ask me to. You ask me to do. You know, uh, nightmare mode on or, or Village of Shadows on uh, Resident Evil Eight. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm not that good. I just know how to do what I do very, very well. You do do it very well. But that does not make me good at video games. That just makes me good at the ones I spend hundreds of hours doing.
0: I have also made a mental note. I'm getting you on for another episode. We're talking Zoom
1: Oh, hundred Oh, 100%. Dude,
0: 100%. It, it will probably be the first episode that goes for two hours. Yeah, 100%. We, done, 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 done. Maybe we should do like a speedrun episode where you play the game while we record.
1: While we talk. Yeah, except the Zoom BD speed speedrun is like really quick. I think, my, I think my time is like, like 10 minutes and 20 ridiculous.
0: seconds. How do you do the pizza level in 10 minutes? I mean, you play it on the easiest uh, difficulty.
1: Even even then. Yeah. And it also, also comes down, and I know we're not here to talk about Zumbinis, but it all comes down to pizza RNG. <laughs> um, because like when you're on the difficulty that I play, uh, they always want two toppings, right? So you've just got to hope that it's the first two toppings you select. Because otherwise the animation length for, that, for those freaking pizza fiends are just so long. And yeah, if you get them wrong, you can lose 50% of your, your PB time just to, just to level three.
0: I would say that pizza level is our generation's World War II because everyone remembers it. <laughs> like I close my eyes at sure. night and I can see that pizza level and those little fuckers being like, I, I don't want olives. Shut, yep. shut up, you little crutches. Eat what you get. Yep. There's something on that oh, I don't like. Hard. Oh, that cut me! But we're not here to talk about. But we don't want to talk about Zumbinis
1: as much as I would love to pivot this to make it a Zumbinis episode. We are. Well, here I to don't talk have
0: a it. Zumbinis T-shirt okay. or hat, but for this ne- game we're going to talk about today, I have all the merchandise. I'm an absolute simp for mm-hmm. this game. If you have listened to any past Story Mode podcasts, or let's face it, any podcasts I've been on, because I will put this game into that conversation. We're here to talk about Control 2019's Control from Remedy. Look, spoiler alert, if you haven't played Control yet, it's been free numerous times, you fucked up, and let's face it, even if you have played it, you pro- if you're like me, you probably still don't understand what happened. You just had a very good time doing it. But to give us a bit of a flavour of what this game is, Cass, can you tell us what Control is?
1: I can. Uh, Control is a third-person shooter uh, from Remedy, as you said. Uh, it is a sci-fi... It almost delves into horror, I would say. Um, but... It's, it's a very obscure type of horror. It's a, it's a similar sort of horror in the way that it follows is a horror, I'd suppose, where it's just it's just obscure enough to not be all that scary. Um, but there are definitely elements of it that I would I would say, you know tread the horror ground. Um, but it's a third person sci-fi shooter um, that takes place almost entirely within uh, a location called the oldest house. Um, which is a building that is the headquarters of the Federal Bureau of Control. Um, Federal Bureau of Control is a government organization in America, a secret government organization in America um, set on securing, containing, and protecting uh, objects of power. And I use those wo- those specific three words uh, intentionally is that it's probably the closest we'll ever get to a, a AAA SCP game, um, although it is not, it does not necessarily call itself an SCP game. Um, it's very, very obvious. It's got very obvious uh, influences, um, you know, similar to, you know, the, the back rooms being a massive craze at the moment, um, or I think that's still a craze. I'm not exactly up with what, you know, the internet is is losing their mind over anymore. The
0: youth is up to.
1: Yeah, it's yes, what, the, what the youths uh, call fun. Um, but yeah, it's, it's probably the closest thing we'll ever get to an SCP game. Um, and although the the objects of power or these SCP items, um, they do play a very large part in the game. They're not the core. I guess it's not what the, the core game revolves around. It's very much a story of uh, of of Jessie, who is your main character, um, seeking out her brother who was taken from her at a young age. This is all stuff that you find out very, very early on. So we're not getting into spoiler territory yet. Um, but yeah, uh, and it's, it's her trying to navigate uh, this weird and wonderful world that is the oldest house um and it really is it's a it's a it's an entire you know world unto itself um that's that's is the nature of the of the game you know filled with impossible spaces and even more impossible objects um and it it does some pretty incredible things to say the absolute least
0: i will say it's the thing that got me into this game the most is the design choices. So the oldest house is just this like magnificent brutalist design that bleeds into these other dimensions because they're called thresholds. What I love so much is that it would be so easy to make these thresholds on different dimensions, just real colorful, real quirky, but it genuinely twists the world that you have there. So they're still made of concrete and there's these like, daunting geometric shapes and everything's solid and feels cold and there's like a a creepiness to it I, i call this game office horror yep because it's almost the with like the uncanny valley so if you don't know what the uncanny valley is it's when you see like a cgi face that isn't quite right it's your polar express and you look at them it's like that's not a person that's the devil and it's just this, like, in part of your brain, like, survival part of your brain, like, don't trust that thing. This gives the Uncanny Valley vibe to everyday mundane objects. Like, a, a, a telephone in this game has this, like, cosmic horror creepiness to it, and all it is is ringing. And it's just the way it's set in that world. It's on top of a big stone pillar with lights in it. It's like, that's... That shouldn't and it's be just, yeah it
1: should not be. It's the hotline specifically is is a really really interesting one because you're right it is just a, a regular mundane but there's there's always something wrong about the items um for example like the the you know it's an old style rotary phone but it doesn't have any numbers it doesn't have like it doesn't have a proper dial on it like you can't dial out it's not made to make calls it's made to receive calls and there's just so many little little things about it and each each piece each object of power specifically has a really unique backstory and not all of them are bad, right? Not all of them are, are, are dangerous or or um, like, you know, there's, for example, there's a carousel horse um, that was, that, you know, once you go through the game and you you learn more about the, the, the items through the various pickups and things like that, um, you find out that it was just speeding around randomly. Like it would just like dash basically from one location to another. Ironically enough, it gives you the dash ability when you when you uh, bond with it, Um, and that it like it impaled somebody, right? Like in its random dashing, like you know, it's a dangerous object. But then there's like a lantern, like a a really pretty lantern that sure could be used for bad. All it does is attract people, like the same way that that you know insects are attracted to light. Um, This particular lantern attracted people. Um, and it was they found it outside of a random ramen shop in in Japan that was the most popular ramen shop in in the entirety of the world because this lantern that was hanging out just happened to have some kind of power behind it was attracting people to the ramen shop, um, and it was just like not everything is not everything is bad, but everything is wrong, um, and they do it really really well. It's just those subtle touches.
0: Do you have a favorite altered item in the game?
1: There's a lot of altered items I wish you knew more about. Like there is a nod towards Half-Life in there um, where you find uh, Gordon Freeman's crowbar is one of the the few altered items that has not broken out of its containment. Um, oh, but my favorite altered item... Like it's probably the fridge. Not necessarily for the item itself, but the fridge leads you to the former and the former is my favorite boss. I like. I just want to know more about the former because um, I just think that's one of the, mo- those are the most incredible boss fights in the entire game. Um, also, I remember my first playthrough of the game and this is where we're going to start getting into spoiler territory. Um, I remember my first playthrough of the game where all I wanted to do was save the guy who was on bridge duty. I just wanted to save, I think, Philip is his name um i just wanted to save him so badly and then literally as you're about to free him from fridge duty he gets eaten and it's just like oh damn it um and it's yeah and it's just like there's little there's so much little so many little inferences that you can make from the game as well um like the fridges a bit like the, the fact that the fridge has to be watched 24 7 or it eats you like that's not the original effect of the fridge the original effect of the fridge is that that Things that got stuck there couldn't be removed, right? It was as simple as that. It was when you stuck something to the fridge, like a, a kid's drawing or something like that. And in this scenario, it, is, it was a kid's drawing. Um, the item could never be removed, but because the mother of the of the child, like you get this whole backstory about this item purely through just random item pickups that have nothing to do with the grand scheme of the story. Um, but you get this whole backstory on this on this item as if it itself is a character when it's a completely inanimate object, um, and you get you understand how it sort of evolved to become the item that it is now, where that someone has to be looking at it twenty four seven or else it goes nuts. Um, it's just you know it's it's brings in all these different elements of different sci fi um, stories, uh, like you know obviously there's. I'm not a big Doctor Who fan, but obviously I know about the Weeping Angels um, or even you know even Mario with the the booze that you know won't attack you if you're looking at them. You know, it's just all these like little links to all these different big all these different bigger, far more mainstream um, sci-fi elements and just like houses them in this this weird, wacky, wonderful and terrifying game
0: there the influences are so sorry the type of things that i love but so much i haven't watched you know there's just shows and things that you absorb through like cultural osmosis so like i've never seen twin peaks but i know a lot about twin peaks i've never really watched twilight zone or x-files but i know about them so when i saw certain things in this game pop up i was like oh oh shit okay that, that makes sense but then i went and saw the um the making of control um there's a bit of a, a breakdown of some of their influences, and the one thing that popped into my head so much while I was playing, I'm like, this really reminds me of the show Legion. Did you ever watch Legion? No, I didn't, but people do talk about it so often. Legion slaps. I mean, anything with Aubrey Plaza slaps, but Legion is incredibly good. It does get a bit weird. It gets a bit too weird in the last season, but if you like Oh, okay. Control, I was going to say weird is
1: good, but yeah, too weird good can be to an problematic.
0: Extent. Give Legion a go. The first two seasons are oh. oh, beautiful.
1: I'm going to tell you that I'm going to put it on my list, but please know that that list doesn't actually exist and I'll probably never actually watch it because that's just the kind of person I am.
0: Oh, no, I'm the same I'm the same sort of person.
1: But at least I'm honest about that.
0: Exactly. And it's recorded, so at least... Oh, yeah, damn. Now you've got evidence I've said that. Look. I'm going to cut out you saying that you're not actually going to do it, So now you have to do it.
1: I knew you had too much control editing this thing.
0: Uh, they put their Mad Men as a big influence as well. Which you can get because it has that whole like 60s, 70s dated vibe to everything. All the carpets are, you know, the red carpets, a lot of brown, just muted tones, which complement that brutalist design so well. They should clash, they should not work together, but they do. And I think it's because everything else is so bizarre that these two things are forced into conjunction with each other. It's like, no. These are the safe things you know. You know, 60s and 70s, you know weird Soviet-era design it <laughs> all into one. Everything else is alien and weird. So they're like, you feel safe around them.
1: And it's such a conscious design choice as well. It's not just like these things happen to work out. Like, you know, you, you find very early on um, through uh, various pickups that technology doesn't work inside the oldest house. Um, and it really gives you that idea of a, of a place outside of time. Um, and it's, it's, you know, the very, very start of the game, you're standing in the foyer and you can see cars driving past outside. Like, you know, you're in the modern world, but everything within the oldest house and by extension, I mean, obviously the astral plane doesn't really have a time period at all, but even, um, by extension, the ocean view motel and casino, um, which is another, one of the other, the three maps I think you visit in the whole game, um, is, Very much. It's one of those Twin Peaks, you know, Venetian blinds at at sundown sort of vibe to it with those old posters. It's like it gives me the same feeling. The Ocean View Motel specifically it is. It gives me the same feeling that um, pretty much the entirety of Firewatch gave me um yes. and it's just yeah the the feelings that get evoked by by the game are such a conscious design choice and the way they work um because remedy obviously being a finnish studio the way they work a lot of their culture into it as well um obviously one of the main characters of control being Artie the janus, janitor um is a finnish man and wears his finnish heritage on his sleeve um it's it's really really good one of my one of my regulars and one of my speedrun friends um is finnish And like the amount of info that I've gotten from him about, you know, the words that he uses or the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, The sort of almost like colloquialisms that he uses. Like he got his, like, uh, I believe it's when you're fighting the, when you encounter the clog for the very first time, when you're clearing out the drain. Um, And Artie says something along the lines of he's got his, he got his paw caught in the fish trap. And I was like, I don't know. Like I, you can kind of get what that means but like there's actually like a a finish almost like a nursery rhyme that talks about the bear that got his paw caught in the fish trap um <laughs> and it says I don't know I just I find it really really it's it's very complete it's a very it's a very full circle where it comes where like where it where's its inspirations and its design choices um and yeah, even like, especially that that 80s, sort of 70s and 80s design, like when you're in the ashtray maze, it's just like oh. all the carpet and the wallpaper and stuff like that. Like it's just, it it's something straight out of The Shining or, or um, a clockwork orange or something along those lines. And it's just, it's just beautiful.
0: The ashtray maze is top five gaming moments for me. I think the ashtray maze is so unbelievably cool. Look, if you haven't played Control- Oh, maybe maybe skip this part because you don't want this part ruined for you. But there is an area in this game called the Ashray Maze. And if you go there too early, it just loops you around. The walls melt away and it loops you back to the start. And you will get frustrated because at no point does the game say you can't go any further here.
1: Uh, technically, technically, Jesse does say uh, I can't get through here but it's like a single voice line after you do a full I'm loop. So there's to three sections. I'm like,
0: Jesse in this case. It's almost like
1: three. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't listen to her either. That's why I got stuck there for so long on my casual playthrough.
0: When you um finally get to that point in a, in, a, in a state where you can progress, so you need to get mm-hmm. through to the dimensional research lab, I think it is, it opens up and music starts playing. And you know how games have that moment where you're really powerful. And you can go back and just wail on enemies that you were struggling with at this start. It's that. But with this pumping soundtrack, and the walls are melting away, and all these weird dimensional rifts are open up, and you feel so powerful. And the song is literally saying, Take control. And that's what you do in that moment. And it is ultimate power trip. <laughs> I loved it so much.
1: And do you want to know? Do you want to know a cool in-world remedy verse Ooh. link? Have you wait? Have you played Alan Wake?
0: Is it the band?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've heard about so, that. yeah, I was I, say, I tried
0: so Alan Wake.
1: The, I couldn't get into it. But did you play to the, like the very first diner scene, like where you're in the yes. diner? Yeah. Okay. So the two old dudes who are like like it was like sitting in the booth and they ask you to put a song on the jukebox. And the guy, behind the, uh, the guy behind the counter is like, oh, don't mind them. There are two local musicians, Doctor, whatever, whatever, will be here to pick them up soon. Um, so they are two members of the Old Gods of Asgard, which is the band that performs Take Control in the Ashtray Maze. And we're, we're hoping we're going to learn more about them because we do have confirmation that Artie, the janitor, is going to be in Alan Wake 2. Oh,
0: okay. Oh, yeah. I did not yep. know that. Yeah. I'm
1: not going to tell in you in what girl. capacity, um, but we do have – we do have a confirmation the Remedy Twitter account posted a, a tweet, a little video of Alan Wake 2 um, on their timeline like a couple of days ago.
0: So speaking of old gods of Asgard, um, there's a big Nordic vibe to this game. The, the deeper you dig, you find it that the the, the oldest house may be connected to the uh, like this world tree from Nordic myth. Oh, what's, the, what's the world tree called? I completely forgot what it's called. I should know from playing Ragnarok. I've blanked in it.
1: Yeah. I don't know either. I keep My head immediately went to Darnassus, which is the tree that the night elves live in in World of Warcraft, but that's not it. Close
0: enough, for all intents and purposes. Um, but the service weapon is one of the coolest weapons I've seen in the game. Um, as some people may know, if I really like a weapon in a game, I will try and make it, hence the Leviathan axe behind me. I did try and make the service revolver. I tried to make the spin mode. I was going to buy... I had all these, like different motors that i made to try and make it spin and i was also going to buy some of that um vanta black paint that like bends light the the blackest black paint you can get and light doesn't go through it so i was going to buy some of that to paint it so when it spun it looked really otherworldly but i couldn't get the gears to work as, as i wanted to so i sort of gave up on it but after researching the game a bit today i think i may get back into it however this is so jesse gets this service weapon and it chooses her as the new director uh, and it has all these multiple different forms and stuff like that and it's so cool because if you read through the different files and papers uh, throughout the game you find it that the service weapon may be Meonia it may be um, uh, what was the King Arthur sword? Excalibur Excalibur. it's just a weapon that takes on the form it needs to and that time period and that is so Unbelievably cool. It does draw me to my one major complaint about that game. Is there's so much story that is hidden away in folders and files and notebooks, and I wish it was just told to me. There are certain things that I wish were just told to me, and like that about your weapon. It's a shame that some people would have missed out on that. And look, it's it's a dense game, it's easy to miss.
1: And it's it's funny that you say that it's it's one of your complaints because it's actually one of the things that I like most about it. It's that they don't they don't hide any of they don't hide any of the story in pickups and collectibles. They hide information about the world in the pickups and the collectibles. Like you can play through the game. I've done one hundred percent playthrough. I've 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 completed. You know I've platinumed I did it on PC but I've platinumed the game um and I didn't get any more understanding of the story than when I just played it casually for the first time and just you know picked up bits and bobs um and I I love I think that that is is a really really beautiful option to give players Right, like, because there there are people who don't give a shit about the world. There are people who are just going to play it and be like, yeah, this was a great game. Um, and then there's players like us. And I guess, I guess, I would, I wouldn't want it to be forced down my throat. If in a casual playthrough, like, I wouldn't want all of the that additional bonus lore uh, to be shoved down my throat. And I definitely wouldn't want it in a speedrun. Um, but I love that yeah. it's there for me to collect when I want to. Um, and it also gives them a, a way to be super funny and lighthearted without fucking with the to- overall tone of the actual story itself. Because it's not a nice story. Like it's it's not. It's it's it doesn't really no. have a resolution. Um, it's it's kind of depressing from start to finish. Like you said, like the the you know the story meshes with the environment really really well in the sense that it's just uncomfortable. Um, but then you find these random little tidbits about like the, the guy who submitted the complaint to HR about the toilet disappearing, um, and the fact that uh, what do they call it where the, the building shifts and rearranges? Um, it's got a, it's got a they call it they have an official name for it in the in the filing. Um, I can't remember what it is, but like it's still it's still just an office. Like they have. HR departments and they have silly regulations. Like if you're late to work, or I think it says something along the lines of overtime will not be paid due to building shifts. And it's like, you literally, you work in a fucking building. that can rearrange itself at will. And if it rearranges and you get lost because of it, you're not going to get overtime pay for that.
0: No, you're probably going to die.
1: <laughs> you're probably going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Or the guy who's had to move office because the building covered his office in sticky notes so oh he had to go God, and get a yes. office and it's just like there's just like little tidbits that are so so fun and so light-hearted that i think would break the immersion of the game if they were if they were forcefully included and yeah like little things like that about mjolnir and, and excalibur and the service weapon all being the same item um yeah that's a really cool tidbit but i think a lot of people wouldn't give a shit Like a lot of people who are just playing it at a very surface level would be like, okay, I don't know what half those things are.
0: Maybe I find it frustrating because I, I need. It's not even I want. I need people to love this game as much as I do. And this is again why I'm so excited to talk about it with you because you do. Uh, I remember like when it when it came out, it clicked with so. I think when it first came out, the people who loved it fucking loved it. And I remember seeing a lot of um, like writers would be like i have a pitch for the show like i need to make the show i remember like uh gary gary witter who did like rogue one and things like that he's like please somebody contact me i have the script done <laughs> this would work so well as a tv show or just a mini series or something cuz he could add these little like weird moments in like add the whole puppet sketch
1: oh god do not even get me started on threshold kids
0: And there is a lot of live action stuff in the game. And also, I just want to make mention, we mentioned the weapon before. This game has the best force powers, like Star Wars force powers ever in a game. I've never felt as powerful in a game as I have. in Like end game control, when you were in the air, you're launching tables, you're using your shotgun, using your shield, throwing concrete into the air. Oh my God, it's so good. Let's wind it back for a moment though. What was your first impression of the game?
1: Oh, so, I actually didn't like it. I bounced off the game. Like first time I picked it up and I played it, I bounced off it. Because like, and here's the thing: I am not good at games, right? This is something that that people always misconstrue about. And I'm not gonna say all speedrunners. Some speedrunners are incredible at, at video games. It's why they got into speedrunning because they needed the extra challenge. I am not one of them, right? I I I still die to the first like you know that that mini boss like when you first like get the weapon and you fight there's like that bunch of hiss and then there's that one little mini boss before you cleanse your first control point um yep. i still die to him sometimes um and i have beaten the game 104 yeah i've beaten the game 149 times um and i still die to him so
0: 149 times <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the only reason I know that is because I've been practicing for the marathon that's this weekend. So I had my live split open very recently.
0: I finished it twice, and I thought that was a really good effort.
1: I finished it. I finished it twice on Sunday. Fuck you. God damn it. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's. I, I bounced off it because the game was really really hard, and I don't like being bad at games. I mean, I don't like games that that you know I really struggle with. Um, and Control has no difficulty settings. Like, you you are on the hardest difficulty all of the time. There's no difficulty adjustment even, so it's not like something like Resident Evil where it will get harder the better you are and easier the worse you are. Um, it's just always... It is It is what Remedy set out to make. Um, and, yeah, I bounced off it. I was like, yeah, it's fun, but I'm just... I'm not very good at it. And then picked it up maybe a week, two weeks later, and... Don't I don't think I put it down until I beat it. Like it was just, I I just got so sucked into the world. And once I I think once I came to the realization that I was wasn't going to understand what was going on, or they would they would tell me what I needed to know, um, which turned out being wrong because they don't tell you anything. You just, a lot of it is just inference. Um, once I figured that out, I think I I connected with the game on a far deeper level. Um, and yeah, it was like I, you know, I beat it, and I was like, "That's a very, very good game." Um, and then on my stream, I I started doing uh, Filthy Casual Fridays, um, where I would just play a game casually um, instead of trying to speedrun it. You know, I just needed a break from. I think at the I think at the time I was grinding out world records for Transistor, um, and I just needed a break from from speedrunning. So I, every Friday, I just sit down and I'd play a game casually, um, and my chat voted on control. As my first, one of my first filthy casual Friday games, and I was like, "Yeah, cool." I played through it, and I was like, "And I'd watched speedruns of it before." Um, one of my favorite videos, one of my favorite speedrun um, vods, was from ESA uh, Winter twenty twenty. I want to say it was by a guy called Nico with a C. Um, it was just a, it was a mix, honestly, of of the game, uh, his commentary, um, and uh, and his commentator's commentary that just, you know, it was a very comforting video for me. Um, and by, I finished it and I was like, I could learn how to speed run this. Uh, and yeah, thankfully there was a, a phenomenal tutorial online made by the same guy, Nico. Um, and I watched through that video a whole bunch of times and then just started speed running it. And now it's one of my main speed run games. Probably my second main behind Transistor. It's probably the game I've, I've ran the second most amount of times. Um, but yeah, so yeah, first impressions of the game, although they were good, it did not have the impact on me that the game has since grown to have. Um, and I think that's largely also because I'm, for all intents and purposes, I'm not a sci-fi guy. Like I'm not. It's it's I am I am fantasy across the board, right? Like I am Wheel of Time, Lord of the Rings. Uh, anything with the you know dragons and kings and magic and politics like that's me. Like I don't, I haven't even seen all the Star Wars movies, right? Um, and the only other piece of media that I've really gotten into that was sci-fi is the X Files. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's interesting that they put that down as a as a big influence um, for for the vibe they were going for when it is you know that's also one of the sci-fi things that I really really enjoy. But I just I like. I like weird, and control is weird.
0: Often when people think of weird, it does become very fantastical. And it's like, this is just something out of your imagination, therefore it's weird. To me, weird should make you feel uncomfortable. And for me, the things that make me uncomfortable are things that are just not quite right. They're just off. Again, going back to that whole Uncanny Valley thing. So I remember seeing the trailer for this. It would have been like an E3 or a Game Awards or whatever it was. And immediately it got my attention. And there's some more and more I learned about it. I'm like, oh, I love, I I didn't know it was called Brutalist Design until I played the game and then watched this polygon breakdown of it, which was really good. But I'm like, okay, it's all set in one building. Cool. The weapon looks really cool. Oh, wait, this combat looks amazing. Her name's Jessie. That's a point. Also finding out the game for normal people you excluded takes like 10 to 15 hours to be, okay? It was perfect. short.
1: And don't be wrong, my first playthrough took me that long. Like, it's, it's yeah. you know, it took me a long time to get it down to that point.
0: That is the perfect length for a game. My favorite, my, some of my favorite games of the last few years, like the Resident Evil games that have been coming out, they take know, maybe 15 to 20-ish.
1: Don't even get me started on how much I love the new Resident Evils.
0: Okay, we're going to do a Resident Evil episode as well. Uh, we're going to I'm Resident just, like, Evil one. one yeah, not tonight, but we'll episode. do one soon. Oh, I could do it right now. <laughs> um, it just ticked all the boxes. And for anyone who knows me, I used to get really hype for games that would come out, but I would do so with. On the outside, I was hype. On the inside, I was terrified. I was so nervous about God of War: Ragnarok, because I'm just like I'm investing a part of myself into this like i need it to be good in a way that is just not healthy luckily it was
1: luckily it was better than just good
0: <laughs> i was, it was absolutely incredible but some games uh come out and you really build them up and they're they're good so for me horizon forbidden west wasn't as good as zero dawn it was great though but i just i thought it was gonna be like the best thing ever with control, I built it up, and I could tell everyone, "Keep an eye out for this game. This game's going to be legit. It's going to be like the surprise game of the year." So when it came out, and it was a surprise game of the year, and I won a copy. I didn't even have to pay for it. Um, I entered a competition with um, Survivor, a video game outlet, and I got, ah, I got the hat, and I got the nice game, I got these, like art and these badges and everything like that. I got the whole thing. I was like, "Oh, this, this is the universe. This is the threshold reaching out to me. This is Hedron reaching out." I'm saying you, you are the chosen one. You were the new director. You don't you have want have this that. box of merch. You don't merch. want that. That's a bad thing. I don't, thing. but look. Look, you get what you're given. Let's, um, I want to discuss a bit more about your speedrunning. So, for those, you've said you've done some speedrunning, but I, I do have a few, a few times here that, are uh, broke me. Also, you're going to have to explain what this means exactly. Um, let's start with the other wins. So, you said Resident Evil 4. You're 11th in the world from what I saw?
1: Uh, I haven't actually checked the RE4 leaderboard, but I'm probably... I had the world record at one point, um, and since, I haven't ran it since then. So I've probably check? fallen.
0: Two hours, 10 minutes, 11 seconds? Yep, I right. I, I, I'm, I've barely reached the village at that point, okay? That, <laughs> that is horrifying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Transistor, you are second in the world, 35 minutes, 9 seconds. Correct.
1: Just Um, behind Janka,
0: yep. And with Control, you were fifth. On an any percent no shield current patch inbound run, one hour, six minutes, 55 seconds. I didn't realize I was top five. You've done well. I've been telling everyone I'm sixth. What is an any percent no shield current patch inbound (laughs) run, though?
1: Uh, Okay, so all speedruns have categories, right? Um, and <laughs> control control community is a very interesting one where we didn't really come up with good names for the categories. Like it's literally just a list of, of what it's meant to be. Um, so you go break it down into parts. So it's, it's inbounds. So I'm not allowed to go out of bounds and there are many, many ways to go out of bounds. Um, like that as beautiful as that game is when it is as, as finicky as it is, we can go out of bounds very, very easily. Um, no shield glitch is there is a glitch within the game that sort of forces you or causes you to go out of bounds. Well, It's sort of a, there's sort of three states, I suppose when it comes to the boundary of the game, like there is out of bounds, there's sort of semi out of bounds, and then there's inbounds inbounds is there is no part of Jesse that goes outside of the, the game's parameters. Um, there is semi out of bounds where part of Jesse will go out of, of the bounds. And then there's out of bounds where you can literally get on top of rooms and and just skip entire sections. Um, so no shield glitch is means you're not allowed to even do the semi-out-of-bounds part. Um, so current patch, the game is split into two different uh, versions. You can play current patch, which is the most up-to-date version of the game, no matter what version you are on. If they were to go ahead and release a new patch, um, all the current runs would be moved to legacy, uh, and there would be a new leaderboard brought out for current patch. Uh, and then there's Legacy. And there's very minor differences. For, for my run specifically, there's very minor differences between Legacy and current patch. I think the only one is uh, the one of the bosses had his shield buffed. So in Legacy, you can break his shield with one launch. Uh, in current patch, you need two launches. Um, so it just makes the fight a little bit harder. Um, so, hang on. so current patch, inbound, no shield. What am I missing? Any percent? Any percent, any percent means that uh, you just got to get to the credits. So the other option is all bosses, um, which is where you have to do every single boss. Um, and on current patch, that includes DLC bosses, um, so you have to play through the DLC as well.
0: What did you think of the DLC? Loved it.
1: Really? It's not okay. In terms of what it added for control, I loved it because I'm also a massive Alan Wake fan, right? And the AWE, um, the AWE uh, DLC. We knew that there were links to Alan Wake, but AWE was the 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 middle of the Venn diagram of Alan Wake and and control. Um, okay, I shouldn't say we knew. If you go through all the all the pickups and read everything, you find out that there's a room in the um, in the Ocean View Motel and Casino that leads to the Alan Wake universe, um, and you find something that's written by Alan Wake as one of the pickups. Um, but then it's it's kind of like one of those ah oh, look at this ha ha these might be related and then the AWE DLC dropped and it was just like no these things are fucking related here is literally a character from Alan Wake in
0: control I think I'm gonna play Alan Wake I, I I need to give Alan Wake another go because AWE W didn't click with me I can I can get it not
1: clicking with you if you didn't have the link to Alan Wake already
0: yeah it felt oddly. It was very weighted towards Alan Wake stuff, and I'm like, oh wait, no, I'm, I'm a Control fan. I needed more Control here, um, and like the Foundation was fine with the with the big Foundation name, was, was like- really
1: good if you're a if you're a big law, but if you're a big law nerd, like you learned so much about the board, the former, um, and even just Norse mythology through the Foundation because that's where the World Tree stuff comes into it, right? Like you actually have to touch a carving of the World Tree to get to the Foundation. Um, and one of my favorite characters in the game is Marshall. And the foundation being almost entirely about Marshall was uh, as, as, you know, really, really, I feel like the DLC was almost targeted to me directly as someone who wanted to know everything about the game, who, you know, I, I love my Norse mythology. I love any kind of sort of, you know, Norse mythology obviously lends itself a lot to, to fantasy, modern fantasy. Um, so you've always got to respect, respect where that came from. Um, and, I love Alan Wake, so the all the DLC was definitely made for me specifically. Um, yeah, specific. Yeah, just just for me. They contacted me and they're like, "Here you go, Josh. Here is your here here is your DLC."
0: It was only fair they sent you that questionnaire of saying, "Hey, what do you want, boss?" And you're like True. ticking a few boxes and stuff. I mean, that's fair. That's fair.
1: And I mean, they do actually, Remedy, this is this is a, a fun little little side bit. Remedy do actually support their speedrunning community in an incredible way. Um, right at the end, if you go through and play Control again, like right at the end, when you are just ridiculously powerful after you've found the slide projector and like they cap your level out um, to 30 or whatever it is, um, the final platform that you're trying to get to is surrounded by a giant wall. Um, that's because of speedrunners but like we could just skip that entire last section just by dashing to the final platform and just ignoring all the enemies. So they put a wall up so we weren't able to do that. Um, They waited to do that until we had a working down patcher. They did not fix the speedrun exploits until we had a way to revert the game to an older version. And then we've even had, you know, after a marathon where... You know, Brian Ardo will sit down and he'll be like, Yeah, we don't know why this happens. A dev will pop up in the speedrunning Discord and be like, Hey, just so you know why this happens, and explains the whole logic and, and why glitches.
0: I love you know. that. that. They are one so of the cool. most
1: supportive development studios I've ever encountered. in, And I've ran a lot of games from a lot of different dev studios.
0: Now, if Remedy did send you that email saying, Hey, Cass, you know, you helped us so much with the DLC. And from what I what they've heard from you, people loved it. They're asking you what you want in control. To what do you what are you writing down in that email? What do you want in the sequel?
1: I want I want more answers, and I want I want a conclusion.
0: Ooh. Like a conclusion to the story, or conclusion to the game.
1: To the story, to the story. I feel like, like, like in the modern in the modern gaming landscape, too often a story is dragged out for no reason. Yeah. Right. Um, Like, I mean, obviously, you've got the extreme versions of the assassins, like in the Assassin's Creed case, or you've got. I can't even think of an example off the top of my head right now. But you look at like the success of someone like Supergiant Games, right? Who have never made a sequel. They've released four games and not one of them has ever been a sequel. They're just The fact that they're releasing a sequel to Hades is unprecedented in their regard. Because they have a story to tell, they tell it, and then it goes away. And it's like, that was a nice, round, completed piece of media um so again it's like in, you know this is going completely away from video games but the same way i think breaking bad is the greatest television show ever made is because it has a story to tell it tells its story and then it fucks off whereas something like game of thrones was dragged out to the point where it just you know to to quote uh the game changes show became the equivalency of kicking dogs and it's like you know no one likes that no one likes that um and i would i would love i would love control to get a really satisfying conclusion Am I expecting that? And will I be upset if it doesn't happen? No, I am just excited to play Jesse again. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> Jesse in a new environment and not the same environment for the 149th time. Um, and there is still so much of that story to tell. I think, and I mean, I don't need, I don't need to understand everything, right? I don't need to, I don't need to know everything. But like I want to know just to get vague with it, like, are Jesse and Dylan different people? Or are they the same person? Is is, you know, what is Polaris? Why is Polaris?
0: Yeah, I think I think Polaris is more of a why than a what.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Will Jesse and Emily ever fall in love? Like there are just so many little things that I want to know. Um, that but yeah, I'm just I'm just excited. Where the hell is Dr Darling? What is That's what where has one. he gone? That is yeah, my like I just I want one. answers. And, and I am I am I love I love things being open to interpretation but we've done that. We've done we've done the open to interpretation. We've done the the sort of side eye. Mm-hmm, I want answers.
0: I got two things. Mm-hmm. So... Like I said, with AWE my big complaint was I feel like I needed to have played Alan Wake to understand AWE completely. I want to be able to, able to play Control 2 and enjoy it without having played Alan Wake 1 and 2. If it if it amplifies the experience for those who have, awesome, but kind of in the same way, you know, with like modern Marvel films, you need to have watched 32 other films. I don't want that with games. And I yeah, I'm darling. nervous about that, but I think they'll be, they'll be fine. My other thing, I really, I love when things loop back on themselves. I want to find out that Darling is Hedron.
1: Oh, okay.
0: In the same way the service weapon has changed throughout time, I want to find out that Hedron oh. and Darling are the same thing because it just, Ooh, I think that really, work really well. Oh, you're getting specific here. Okay, okay. Yeah, um. I, I, I think that we've, be, because suddenly it gives us, geometric shape, a personality? That's
1: a really neat idea.
0: Or it's Darling. Cause Darling goes into the threshold. Who knows how time works in the threshold? Is Hedron a future version of Darling? That's what Darling turned himself into. Cause he was already working with the Black Rock to That's make the shields really to protect really from the hiss. Idea. So what if he kept working on it? I would love that. I think that'd be really, really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Um I mean, and I think, I think in the same vein, there are certain things I don't want answers to as well. Like the whole, the fact that the power plant, like at the sort of start of the game is one of the older directors locked in a tank. Like, I don't want to know anything more about that. I, I like imagining. Sometimes I just need weirdness. Um, I do want, okay. Okay. If we want specifics of what we want, I want a boss that I'm just going to come out and call it the lovers. And it's going to be two enemies that are like, 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 imagine the former, but it's just like two enemies, a guy and a girl. Um, and I want them to link back to the uh, assistants that Dr. Darling had in their lab that snuck off to Blackrock Quarry to have sex and ended up dying there. Um, I want them to come back as a boss. If we want, if we're going super specific, that's what I want. Because that is one of my favorite. Side stories of the whole game is you get those Dr. Darling research labs and you see these two assistants eyeing one another, and you're like, Oh, yeah, they're in love. And then you find that fucking document that's like, Yeah, we found their corpses in Blackrock Quarry. Like, it-
0: oh, even better, you go back to Blackrock Quarry and you find them. They're alive. They've just been living. They're alive. They just come back.
1: <laughs> but yeah, if we want we specifics, that's what I want out of control, too. Um, but yeah, I, basically, I want answers. Uh, there are certain things I don't want to guess about anymore.
0: For those people who do want to up their control game, maybe get through it a little bit quicker. Do you have any um, tips and tricks you can give to get through the game? Not maybe, maybe not in an hour and a bit. Use launch. Use launch. Just launch everywhere.
1: Forget the weapon. Fuck the gun. Fuck the service weapon. I get that it's Excalibur and that it's Mjolnir and that's really fucking cool. Just use launch. It's so powerful. Like it's it's so powerful. It's not even funny. Um, but in terms of like specific things, um, launch launch is a, a really cleverly designed uh, combat mechanic. Um, like it will grab. Like you can you can obviously highlight certain objects with the cursor and, and grab that object specifically. Um, but if there is nothing, then you will just grab a piece of the environment. Um, but if you can grab a specific object, if you can position an enemy between you and the object that you are grabbing, um, as you are drawing the object to you, the object has collision and will do damage. Um, and drawing an object to you is when the energy cost actually triggers, right? Um, forgive me, the, my cat has just decided he also wants to come and be a podcaster. Uh, this is little meow, by the way.
0: Um, Aww. You have tips to give. The energy
1: cost actually gets consumed when you draw the weapon to you, um, and if you can position yourself an enemy between you and the object that you're grabbing, um, it will do damage to the enemy as it gets drawn to you, and then you can throw it, and it does effectively double the launch damage because it does the same damage coming through them. Like pull, we we call it a a, a pull through. Uh, it does the same damage being pulled through them as it does getting launched into them. Uh, So for the cost, energy cost of one launch, you can do twice as much damage. Um, That can definitely help you uh, in terms of getting through some of those boss fights a little bit faster. Um, All the puzzle patterns are the same. So those door puzzles, we've got to like click the arrow keys uh, in certain directions. They're always the same, Um, which once you memorize the pattern is super, super bloody easy. Other than that, it's just practice, really.
0: Okay, so before I do run away to go play this game again for, yes, that's right, the third time, (laughs) describe your relationship with control in three words.
1: In three words, never get bored. Ooh. Which is not a command, but it's like a...
0: You're not wrong there either.
1: It's a shortening of... A longer phrase of that, I'll never get bored of it. 149 times I've beaten it. Sorry, 149 times I've speed ran it. I have beaten it casually more times than that. Um, fuck. <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever get bored of
0: that game. It makes me so happy. Like, it's, it makes it's you so just... makes so happy to speak to somebody who loves it like I do.
1: I just, I, I'll never get bored. It's just, there's always something about that game. Whether it's how it feels, how it looks, I'll just never get bored of it.
0: Now, Cass, where can people find you? And do you have anything to plug?
1: Yes. uh, Yes, actually. So, uh, well, first of all, you can find me on all the social medias, Cass XCII, Roman numerals for 92, uh, as Jesse alluded to at the beginning. Um, This weekend, if you were listening to this as it goes live, um, so the weekend of the, what is it, 7th? Not bad. What do we, it's Wednesday tonight. So, yeah, wait, the weekend of the 7th. Uh, I will be running at on Sunday at 2 p.m. Australian Daylight Savings Time. Uh, I will be running Control at ASAP 23, which is Australian Speedrunners at PAX. Um, and it's going to be a very special run, actually. Uh, what I believe, I don't know this for certain, but I believe is the first time it has ever happened at a speedrunning marathon. I'm going to have my own mother commentating my run for me. Out. She has learnt the run. Um, she has learnt the run. She has. She ha- We have done a bunch of practices together. Uh, she is coming specifically to packs to commentate my run. Um, it's going to be my last marathon appearance for a while. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm taking a bit of a break. Um, I'm currently on a bit of a hiatus from streaming. Um, but next year, I'll, I'll probably take a bit of a break from the the marathon circuit. Um, and I, I've got a, a new little challenge where I'm going to try and beat 50 games in a year on stream and clear out a whole bunch of my back catalog. So just play a bunch of games that that I've always wanted to play that I've never never gotten the chance to. Um, so that's my challenge for myself for next year. Um, but so I thought I'd go out with a bang, and and I always love it when people when people's moms and dads are in the crowd at speedrunning events. I always think it's fucking adorable. But I've never seen somebody have their own mum commentator run for them. So I'm really, really excited for that. I and mean, no one knows either. No one knows. It's going to be a complete surprise. So if you're listening to this, you are literally the only so person besides good. my mother, uh, myself, and my girlfriend who knows. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be really, 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 I'm very excited. Um, and what what time is it again? And yeah, so that's happening this weekend, which I'm super excited. Uh, I'm on 2 p.m. on Sunday.
0: So be sure to head down to watch what will be, I will say, the speedrunning event of the season. At least the most wholesome one. Look,
1: without a doubt, honestly. This and look, this year is this year is like this year ASAP's got some really, really great runners. Um, a bunch of friends who who are running there. Gala Serene, shout out to her. Uh, shout out to JL Phoenix, who's doing a Pokemon race that I'll also be commentary, uh, commentating right before my run um so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a sick it's gonna be a sick event i'm really really
0: excited i'm so so stoked to see this this is gonna be so damn good you know what else has been good speaking to you thank you so much for jumping on the show i'm going to get you on more episodes we're going to talk soon bees we're going to talk resident evil we have a lot to discuss if you do want to hear these future episodes or some of the past episodes we have done uh be sure to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and all good podcasting platforms. Hell, if you're in line for packs and you've just listened to this episode, I mean, for one, shoot me a message over at Love Letters Pod. Um, sorry, Love underscore Letters Pod on Twitter and at Love Letters Show. Bro,
1: right, did you just get your own Twitter handle wrong? Look,
0: it's been a big day. What is it? 6.09 p.m. Daylight savings? I don't know what's happening.
1: Oh, right. Yeah, true. We're over 30, man. we got to be getting ready for bed soon.
0: Um, we Yes, Love Letters show on threads and Instagram and love underscore letters pod on Twitter. Um, if you want to listen to an episode about packs, I did one of the dog option boys last week. Or, oh, Of course, we have a bunch of other ones in the bag as well. Also, a bit of a weird thing. If you like football, like AFL, AFLM, AFLW, fantasy sport, anything like that, I also do a football podcast now, which may come to surprise um, to, to some people. It's called The Falcon. We launched our first episode uh, last week. Thank you for all the support with that. But if you want to follow that, at Falcon Footy Pod, I'm recording another episode tonight, and I've got some beans in me, so I'm gonna have some things to say.
1: Up the doggies! Doggies fan. No, I'm a Geelong supporter.
0: <laughs> Unpredictable. Up the doggies is just the thing you say, right? <laughs> clearly, a, a big, clearly a okay. big AFL fan. <laughs>
1: I call I call myself a Geelong supporter, but I only found out last year that Cameron Ling is retired, and apparently he's retired like a real long time ago. So, man, I'm a basketball guy. Oh, you're a bas- I'm a basketball guy, like the beard.
0: Yeah, I, I saw I don't I don't know anything about basketball, but I saw that one dude has an emo haircut now, and I'm thinking maybe I need to get into um basketball a little bit now. Emo. Haircut? I'll send you some stuff out of this episode. Please send it to me. I would love to see that. Uh but with that. Thank you again for joining in. We've been meaning to do this episode for a long, long time. Um so thank you for jumping on and thank you for sharing such a cool announcement with us. That was really cool. Uh be sure if you're at PAX, you, uh, come say hello to so us. Welcome. Probably come say hello to us yeah. at two on Sunday at the speedrunning event. The speed,
1: okay, maybe don't say hello it's to how me how to at two at the speedrunning speed event, because I'll probably be busy. Um, but feel free to come sit in the crowd and, uh, and, and say, say hi to Josh at 2.15 you know, when he finished
0: with the game <laughs> damn
1: <laughs> yes yeah, when I have somehow managed to break the game apart and finish it in 15 minutes um, that being said if Legacy legacy out of bounds like if you play old patch and like play unrestricted um, I think the world record's like 48 minutes or something like that
0: wild but with that thanks for joining in uh my sweet beautiful listeners at home or at PAX or in the car wherever you listen to this thank you for joining in hope you had fun we'll catch you next week go play some games and be nice to each other Bye. bye